Welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya Sakowitz podcast, where we help parents and caregivers gain knowledge to increase their confidence and their success in caring for young children. We will cover topics like feeding your baby, getting your baby and you some much needed sleep, and pretty much anything else that has to do with caring for babies and their families after birth. Society sets parents up to fail, and we are here to change that. You can also find full video versions of each episode on our YouTube channel, Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening, and welcome to Real Talk, where every Sunday night we offer insight, education, and resources to in-home caregivers and those affected in their world. These are the children, the parents, the extended family, and everyone who loves them. And our goal is to offer real-life topics and learning through discussing real issues and offering real solutions. And tonight, I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Bren Boyer, who is a doula, a childbirth educator, a movement meditation, and true believer of living in the present moment. She studied yoga in New York City with Sharon Gannett and David Leib at the, I'm going to let you pronounce that one, Bren. <laughs> yoga, along with, oh, these are big ones. Girmuk, Girmuk's also way prenatal yoga training. And a chance meeting in New York City at Golden Bridge Yoga, she met Deborah Pascali Buonaro, produced the documentary Orgasmic Birth, and inspired her to become a doula and childbirth educator. Along with yoga, she also studied mindfulness with John Kabat-Zinn, PhD, and Bolshan at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. After leaving New York City, she returned to Birmingham, Alabama, and co-owned and directed the Yoga Circle. While serving as a doula for Elite, is it Alethea House? Alethea. Alethea House and UAV Hospital in a collaborative relationship with Birmingham Yoga, she created an inner city program for children. This collaboration was created through Better Basics, a nonprofit organization. She currently splits her time between Dallas, Texas, and Taos, New Mexico. While in Dallas, she works in collaboration with Frisco Birth Center, directed by Margie Wallace. And also, she works with the baby catcher, Elizabeth Aviles, a nurse midwife. She's most passionate about sharing her knowledge and love of birth, movement, and meditation. Her greatest joy is walking beside women and pausing in the space between and before entering into motherhood. She has two children, a daughter who attends the University of Texas, Austin, and a son entering the second grade. That's a big split. <laughs> In her spare time, she enjoys yoga, meditation, reading, self-care, nature, and eating clean. Her passion is to help mothers, while they're pregnant, create a more peaceful and balanced world, starting each and every breath. And so tonight, we're going to really dig into the work that you do. And dig into the importance of preparing your mind and body for birth through movement and meditation. But before we jump into that, I'd really love if you could share with our audience kind of the why behind everything that you do. Because it sounds like you're doing a lot of amazing things. Yes, sure. Thank you so much for the introduction. Um, I found, my, like I said, in New York, I met Sharon, um, I'm sorry, um, Deborah who um, produced orgasmic birth. And I was already into the yoga world and teaching yoga. And I would have moms come to me um, that were pregnant. So I thought, well, maybe I should go do some pre pre prenatal yoga training. So I did that. 
And um, it led me to um, meet Deborah and find out about the doula world. And just to see um, the community that was created with these women and listening to how important that was to have that uh, the women around you supporting you and holding that space, um, ideally holding the space for you to transform yourself into a mother was just so breathtaking. And the documentary is beautiful. Um, and so then I quickly went back to Birmingham and found um, and trained to become a doula and have loved it ever since. Um, it just it gives me so much passion to help the mom, to support her, to to help her with any kinds of fears or anxieties she might have surrounding birth. Um, so that's that's what I do. And I love I love standing beside the mom and just walking that journey with her. I love that. It's such an important thing. And we don't see much of that in the traditional medical community, the Western medicine community. I mean, they do a lot of great things, but don't always see that level of support. And sometimes people will say to me, well, what does a doula do? Why do I need a doula? Why should I consider a doula? And I look at that level of support. I look at my own experience, especially, and think, how different could things have been if I'd have had that kind of support? Um, and I watch people going through it now with that level of support and see how beautiful that experience can be for them. So I love that you're doing this work. Um, I want to kind of talk about some of these aspects of what you do and really kind of unpack some of it because a lot of times people just don't get the importance of some of these things. So let's start with movement and why movement is important and kind of what you recommend to the people that you work with. Perfect. I love that. Um, movement's very important. I started out as a ballet dancer as a very young at age three, and I did that all the way through high school. So I, you know, know the importance of what movement does to the body because the body, there's a book out there called The Body Holds the Score, and it's hugely important. The body keeps a lot of energy or tension, whatever you want to call it, just kind of trapped. So the more you can expand and move and kind of breathe and shift that energy is important because our body holds it. So um, the movement's great for pregnancy. Um, walking every day, it's huge. Squats are very important. And focusing on the hips, if you're you know not going to go to a full traditional class, I think those three topics or those three tips are the best ones to follow. Um, just to keep you moving and mobile and baby in the correct position and, you know, kind of taking the um, pains and the just the the different sensations your body is feeling with this, you know, growing baby in your belly. So you really have to work at that. And it's also a good time um, to hold belly and just connect as you move and breathe and teach baby how to breathe while they're in the belly. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that the things that you're suggesting are really kind of simple, basic things. These are things that people can do at home. They can do on their lunch hour. Uh, you know, you're not saying, hey, you got to go get a gym membership and spend, you know, $500 a month or whatever. You're talking about simple, basic things. Yes, I think that's huge. And I do a lot of that in my practice over the years. I've been practicing yoga since um, 2000. So quite a while now. And um, you have to find and kind of add it into your day, whether you're in the kitchen or you're lotioning your back or, you know, you're doing this different motions. If you can just add those movements in, you know, like, okay, I've, you know, accomplished, I've stretched my back and I've stretched my legs and 
Um, I've done some squats, so my hips are prepared for the day. So it's very easy. Um, it's just kind of you have to be mindful about it and conscious and say, okay, I'm going to do this and start adding it in. And then when you do, your body will talk to you if you don't. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, for sure. Uh, and one of the things that you are big into and think we don't give enough value to sometimes is you talk about meditation and how that plays into this. So I'd love if you could really give us some information around that, how it plays into it, how you would suggest people would consider, you know, adding that into what they're doing. I would love to. It's um, a favorite pastime of mine. And the more you do it, I think the more you fall in love with it. I like to tell my clients that um, meditation is like you have a little, a little savings account. You don't really ever see it. But when you enter in a challenging moment, um, such as birth or a transformational moment, that all comes back to you and you're able to stay centered and stay stable in your, your space. Um, the easiest way is to sit down, get your phone, set it for one minute and just focus on your breath. That is definitely the easiest meditation that you can do. Just breathe in and breathe out. If you need some extra help, maybe adding um, an affirmation. Um, that you need for that day. Um, a great one to use for everyone, just a general affirmation is let go. We all have plenty of things we need to let go of, our to-do lists, just anxieties and worries. So in, close your eyes, sit up really tall, inhale, mentally say let, and exhale, mentally say go. So that's the easiest way to get into meditation. Yeah, I love that because I know that, you know, reality is I've tried a few times myself and I hear other people talk about this as well. And they say, I feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to do or I can't. What I hear a lot is I can't shut my mind down. I can't let go. And I love that you're saying just start with one minute. One minute. Uh -huh. And that's, that's it. You know, and then I asked, I talked to my clients. I'm like, have you meditated? Just one minute. That's all you have to do. It really, it will change your life. I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. And um, the added affirmation, if your mind is kind of crazy and running all over the place, yeah, you know, st stay with that um, inhale, let exhale go. And, you know, if things do come in, I recommend people to set them on a cloud and watch them float away. Let something else come in. Don't stay stuck on that same thought. That's okay, because some days your mind um, it's just not steady, but don't not do it. Just sit there, acknowledge the thought, watch it float away, and then come back to your affirmation. I love that. That's a great suggestion. Um, one of the things that traditionally we look at is that women are often put on their back during birth. And one of the things that you talk about that is so important is the importance of changing positions during labor would love if you could elaborate on that, give some suggestions on things that people can try. And then let's address the whole concept of if we're having a hospital birth and we had an epidural, how that might play into this or not. Love that. Um, okay, perfect. So my favorite position for birthing is on hands and knees. So um, that just gives you a nice kind of comfortable private way to birth, right? Um, if you think about how you traditionally might have seen a birth in a hospital, it's very different, very private. Um, and mom can actually control baby, um, you know, as they enter the world, which is amazing to have the mom to be able to hold the baby's head and let that be the first touch that baby feels as the baby enters the world. It's just magical and beautiful every single time. Um, but see, that's my favorite. A lot of people um, in the home births and in, in the birthing center world like water births. Those are great, too. 
Um, you know, so that's kind of sitting, um, you know, in a tub, kind of knees up, or maybe you're squatted, kind of leaning on the edge. That's another great position. Um, and a full squat, if moms can do it, kind of standing and then squatting. I had a mom who stood up and gave birth, and it was so powerful and just amazing to witness um, the strength that she had inside her to do that. So, and I've also watched moms go from, you know, um, being in the hospital supporting a mom. And, you know, the monitors come into play in the hospital. They usually do that monitoring and they fall off. And it's just this, um, it's like just this thing you have to keep going through and getting them connected to hear baby. But when the mom gets up and starts moving around, you can tell their face softens, their bodies lighter, their shoulders relax. Um, so the movement does help, even though if it sounds like it might be scary because you're used to this traditional on your back way, um, it's very beneficial. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reality is what we view as traditional medicine, historically, if we look at the entire existence of humanity, that's actually just a small little piece of it. And what you're talking about is much more the ways that we know people will have birthed for centuries. And right. around the world in many cultures, still, that is the predominant way versus the Western medical way. It is. And you see that in other cultures, you know, so, but it's making its way here. So I'm glad. I mean, there are some great nurses um, at hospitals that are advocating for their, their, their mamas to, you know, move and shift. And, you know, the problem with the hospital is they're so busy most of the time. So that nurse doesn't have that time to spend with you one-on-one. -on -one. But I've seen some great nurses come in. They'll get the moms, um, you know, drop the bed down at the end, get a, um, there's a squat bar you can ask to bring in and put on the edge of the bed. So you can usually, you can use that with your weight, um, trying different things. If you do have an epidural, you can lay on your side with a peanut ball between your legs. And that helps the opening of the pelvis just to help baby travel down. So there are things to do in constant, um, constant touch, you know, constant touch. And just in that reassurance that we have you, we're holding this space for you. So, yeah, absolutely. And there are phenomenal people working in the traditional Western medicine. I love that you mentioned that um, is a lot of times these people have really great intentions. It's just you're right. They are so busy and trying to keep up on everything. And they can only be so many places at once and do so many things. That's where the support of a labor doula can really be beneficial. Uh, so one of the things that you mentioned is breathing techniques and boundaries in the birth space. What do you mean by that? What does that look like? Well, um, boundaries, some simple things, and clients have actually taught me this. Um, I mean, I know some boundaries, obviously, that I, I think are important for like when people come into your home after baby arrives. But I even had one mom who said, you know, these last few weeks, people are so excited for you to have this baby and they keep calling and keep texting. But she said, you know, I just need to create this kind of bubble to protect myself and get my headspace right. Um, so that's one boundary, kind of setting that up. You don't have to answer every call. I mean, you know, let people know um, I'll be you know, taking this time to prepare. Um, it's a huge transformation. And I just I think it's important for moms to have those boundaries. And then, you know, creating that space, if you can, when people come in, support's great, community's amazing, we've lost touch with that. But I think in our society, when people come in to how we're used to, you know, we're used to living alone, and then someone steps into your space, and you don't have these boundaries created, so then it's causing you 
anxiety when you just had this new baby. And really, you know baby in your belly, but you don't know baby in your arms. You know, how is the latch working? How is the the nighttime going? Are you getting enough sleep? I mean, you really need to be waking baby up. So getting used to that um, pattern of new baby and then creating a list for people who come in because the more the mother is supported, and that's what I say is a boundary. Like that's my boundary. This is what I need done. Yes, I need to learn to feed baby and hold baby and um, be skin to skin 24-7 if you can is important. And but people who come into the home, you know, really set out a list and 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 write a note on the top of there and say, hey, this is what I need. This is what's going to fill my cup. So I'm able to provide for this new baby that, um, you know, I'm holding every day. So that's kind of the boundaries that I think people need to go ahead and set. And if you've never been a boundary setter, you know, practice now, you know, start start now and um, use your voice. It's important. Yeah, no, that's a great suggestion. It's actually very similar to something that I do. Um, and something that we teach and encourage both postpartum doulas and newborn care specialists to do is to have a list or have a, uh, like a jar with different tasks that need to be done and, and tell visitors. And I tell clients, it's absolutely okay to let me be your boundary. I yes. will be your boundary. I will be the bad guy. Throw me under the bus all day long. It's fine. Uh, and I will say to somebody who comes to visit, I know you want to see the baby. You can peek at them, but you don't get to hold the baby until there's at least one thing out of this task list that's been taken care of that helps support the new family or supports the new parents. Uh, because everybody wants to come see the baby. The babies are what everybody's excited about, but it's the new parents who need the support and the help. And so I, I love the idea of a list. I actually make a, a like a laminated list. And I put it right on the bridge or put on the killer and check things off as they get done. Um, there's lots of different ways to make that happen. Uh, so I like the jar approach as well. That's cute. That's fun. That's a fun, but maybe for children too, get them helping if you have little ones, you know, pick oh, a wow. task. Yeah, I absolutely. So many ways that you can make it happen. And one of the things that you have mentioned that's important and I'm a huge advocate of this, is postpartum preparation. So let's talk around that a little bit and what you view as that um, and what you would suggest for new parents. Sure. So The First 40 Days is a great book, and I did recommend that on my recommendations of reading to support your childbirth education. Um, you know, our culture doesn't really have that built in. So to, to read about different cultures and how they're supported and the care they take, and maybe some things aren't for you and that's fine, you know, but take what you need from it and really create that space so you can create your family. You're creating a family and you've never done this before. Um, so start with, you know, those those postpartum needs, making that list that you want, making sure moms have um, built in daily self-care practices. Rather, that is let me let's say go with five minutes in the bathroom, right, for a facial or a quick sits bath, um, you know, just just sitting and um, relaxing and <clears throat> breathing and taking a space from baby because mainly you need to be taking care of baby all day long, but you have to have at least, I would say, five minutes a day of self-care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and too often, there just isn't a real solid focus on that. Everybody's like, new baby, and baby goes in for their three-day checkup and their one-week checkup and their two weeks, and, there's and yet, a new parent oftentimes isn't seen for six weeks. 
after the birth of a baby. And if they aren't doing it, or if someone who is supporting them isn't helping that to happen, they really can get worn down really quickly. And it can create a situation that's very difficult for everyone. Yes, it, it can. Um, you know, and, and having the, the baby blues the first two weeks, three weeks is okay. You know, the, the um, explanation I give is you ask your husband, you want to take a bath and to go get you some bath salts. He runs out. You're crying when he gets home. That's the baby blues. You know, that's okay. Um, the hormones shift and dip so much in those first few weeks, especially day four or two, three or four when your milk comes in. That's a big change. So that day, um, what I found in my practice is sometimes I would leave it up to moms because I do postpartum care as well. Um, I would leave that up to the mom. But now I'm really going in on that third or fourth day just to check on mom and to talk to her, just not to let her get left in that that space, the space between, right? As you're moving into this to motherhood and this new space where your milk comes in, you know, and and the hormones are changing and to have that support. It's it's just it's it's so beneficial. And to have um, people come and maybe set up little um, baskets and have different room stations set up for breastfeeding, one room, you know, have your snacks and your water. So that could be a party. Moms could get together and sit in a baby shower. I mean, at, in addition to a baby shower, do a mom party where they come and you make padsicles and you do, you make up these baskets to put in the rooms and fill them up with water and maybe even write some nice little um, affirmations for the moms in there. I think that would be a really fun um, time for moms to assemble their friends together and really have that love poured onto the mother with support. Yeah, absolutely. And and that would combine very nicely with one of my favorites, which is having a meal party where everyone oh, brings freezer meals that are easy to pull out in the morning, throw in the oven in the afternoon and dinner is ready. Wow. Yes. And, and, you know, dad sometimes They'll say, oh, I have this. I can do this. No, dads need to be supported as well. Sometimes they get left out, but dads need to be in that support. Dads don't need to be doing all those lists and those chores. They need to be with mom and they need to be, you know, chest to chest holding that baby and really connecting. So, yeah, absolutely. Wow. So we have talked about so many things today and we are almost out of time. But is there anything else that you'd love to share with our audience before we wrap up? Um, I think just five breaths together. I think that would be fun. So can we do that real quick? Sure. Sit up nice and tall. Um, close your eyes. If you're pregnant, hold your belly. If you're not, hold your belly. Um, let it extend a little bit and inhale and feel your belly extend. And exhale. Inhale, air in your belly. Exhale. And do three more. Inhale. Exhale. Last two. Thank you. I feel like the more we connect with our body and get in touch with our breath, um, it just changes our life. So I give that to everyone. I do that with all my mamas. Every class we sit down, we breathe, we do a few other areas as well, but the belly is really important. So just connect with your body each day and your breath. Yeah, no, that, and I'm not pregnant and that still felt good. Yeah, <laughs> right? Our belly, we need to do I'm, that more. Absolutely. So, well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Rhonda. It's been an honor to have you with us. 
and to learn from you. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. And to our audience, thank you for joining us tonight. If you have questions around this topic or anything related to it, please put them in the feed and you can tag Bryn or you can tag me for your solutions. We'll make sure that you get answers. And if you're wanting to rewatch this segment, catch any of our other past Real Talk episodes, along with all of our other content, hop over to newworkcaresolutions.com and click on the education tab. And of course, you can also find us on YouTube and all of the podcast channels. So thank you so much and have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Tanya Sackowitz podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please share it on social media or send it directly to someone you think might benefit. It would also be a huge support if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're currently listening on so that other people can find the content easier. You can also connect to us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok, or checking out our website at newborncaresolutions.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Talk Podcast with Tanya Sakowitz.